Hey, welcome back. Welcome. It is Whole Nine Yards, uh, the station that gives you uh, great joy in etymology, idioms, and uh, word histories, breakdowns. Minimal commercial interruptions. Minimal. You gotta have some. Yeah. Right, Ray? Yeah, I think so. How's it going? It's going excellently. I'm a little bit excited about one of my explanations. I don't know why, except I get to fight through another language. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> and that's always probably enjoyable for, for our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, what I, I yeah, I, I love the exciting ones. What do you got? Yeah. I I have um flea market. Sweet. Flea market. All right. Since we're covering a sort of a creature animal sort of category today. Ah, yes. Right. All right. Creature categories. Yeah. So the flea market uh, seems like many of these, you go, oh, that's it. There's your answer. And then... It's a market that sells fleas. Yeah, well, no, but Done. I mean, somebody defines what, what happened and how this occurred, and then you're like, great, I know the answer. And then oh. somebody else comes up, oh, contraire. Oh, no, 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 no. I have another thing that happened to me, and mm. my great-grandfather did a thing, and here's why you're wrong. So... Sure. The English Oxford Dictionary, which is in the other room over there as Mm -hmm, well, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, 1922 talks about Paris, late 1800s outdoor bazaars, Mm -hmm. where a vendor of old rugs and furniture playfully dubbed it this for the customers there, saying, yeah, we're selling fleas, ha-ha. But, of course, he was French. Yes, so to see it <laughs> okay. as a non-French speaking person, sure. it looks like Le Marche Ox Pucus, but it's something closer to Le Marche Ox Pius. Pius. Yes. Nice. Nice job. Well, I doubt that. I mean, it's a good effort. It's an effort. And, um, but that was know. this, yeah, as far as we know, <laughs> it, late 1800s, um, marketer of, um, you know, you, you, old rugs and furniture and stuff. And and they they made fun of it. Now, there's another weak answer, but highly defended by a, a corner of the universe mm-hmm. that says <laughs> these markets were in a building mm-hmm. in Paris, again, late 1800s. Okay. And they were going to be destroyed. The buildings were going to be demolished, and the markets had to move out and set up in the streets. Mm. And so when they did that, they had to take their wares Mm -hmm. and flee. (laughs) Setting up makeshift street markets. A literal flea to a market. Right. They were initially known as F-L-E-E flea markets Mm -hmm. that evolved into flea and no explanation as to how. And that's understandable, too, because we've uncovered a lot of those that do that. You go, well, you just changed it? Why? How? I hope that's the right answer. Yeah, it gets better. Oh, nice. Yes. Keep on going. So there's... Early, early New York City, and we covered the Big Apple, and we talked about New Amsterdam. So we're talking about that era, Mm -hmm. New Amsterdam. Yeah. Early Dutch traders set up outdoor markets in an area that was uh, a former salt marsh. And they called these markets Vlai. Mm -hmm. Uh, V-L-A-I-E. Vlai, Vlai. 
um, markets. Yeah. And that word meant swamp. So they set these markets up on a swamp, but the people would say it with an F sound. So mm-hmm. it would be fly. Yeah. And then people turned it into flea from fly. You're going to the fly market. You're going to the flea market. Now, that's hmm. also somewhat believable. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing about that one is this. Hmm. Uh, if you go back to my original explanation of the French markets. Yeah. Le marche aux pius. Pius, yeah. That yeah. word, I would have thought M-A-R-C-H-E mm-hmm. in French was a market. And maybe it is, but all of my definitions for it come up as marsh, and it said marsh. Really? So, in, huh. And now we're talking about New Amsterdam, all, all the way in a different part of the world, where marketers... Dutch marketers set up on a, a former salt marsh hmm. and set up, uh, yeah. So tracing marché yeah. back, it does mean marsh. It doesn't mean market. I mean, uh, it, it becomes market, but it, it originates as marsh. Is that that's what you're? That's that's huh. what I'm seeing. Yeah. So th- that's all I have. I mean, if I had if, if I had that way to bet, I'd, I'd bet on the. Uh, the marketer back in the 1880s in Paris, but who knows? I guess that has a lot, uh, some depth to it, yeah. I like the fleeing, though. I mean, I'm just, because uh, that's funny. Sure. Because I can see them, and it makes me jiggle, giggle. <laughs> and it I makes mean, me giggle with jiggling. <laughs> I mean, that happens. <laughs> nice. So that's flea market. What do you got? Uh, happy as a clam. Ooh. Uh, which are clams that happy? Well, that's the that's literally the question that follows every bit of research that you look up. Are clams even happy? Are larks happy? Because we say it for happy larks. Happy as a lark, nice. That'll be that'll be one too, nice. All right. This one um, is kind of straightforward, e, but it's a lovely lovely imagery. Uh, New England, like you know, eighteen thirties, but same thing. They're thinking this has been around as long as we've been around. Uh, happy as a clam at high tide is the full phrase because uh, clam digging can only be done at low tide. God. So you can only hunt for those uh, bivalve mollusks when the water is at low tide. So high tide, they're safe and eating and comfy and happy and covered in water and uh, you know relaxing and resting easy, safe from unwanted clam digging. I see. Yeah. So, you know, they're happy when the tide's high. But we cut off the uh, at high tide because, you know, who's got time to say all the words? Yeah, that's Just, a lot. What, what do we want to say? We want to say we're happy as a clam. It doesn't matter when. Well, if a clam is happy, it will be at high tide. Right. So you, you could kind of discard that other superfluous piece of data is what they're suggesting. Yeah, they have. Um, and that's kind of straightforward. I don't know. That one's... It's nice that it wraps up with a nice little bow. Ooh, wrapped up fast. Too. Yeah, no, I, I know. <laughs> There's not much to that one. It's That's a New a- Englander phrase from, uh, they're guessing even pre-1830, uh, literally saying, hey, those clams must be happy. They're covered in water. No one can hunt them. No, I feel They're you. relaxing and resting easy. Yes. Safe at high tide. All right. Yeah. Well, I hope all of our listeners are safe at high tide. Probably. So uh, stay happy while you listen to these ads. 
Yes. And that, that'll be fast, and we'll be right back. Support Whole Nine Yards and make your life easier with Instacart. Online grocery shopping made simple. Instacart connects you with personal shoppers in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores in a single order. Products you love from local stores, hand-selected based on your preferences. Many items may be delivered in as little as an hour. Instacart helps to save you money on your favorite items and recommends new products that you might also love. Instacart, the most convenient way to shop. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by the Roberto Clemente Museum. Located in a restored engine house in Pittsburgh's revitalized Lawrenceville neighborhood, the Clemente Museum is a showcase of the largest exhibited collection of baseball artifacts, works of art, literature, photographs, and memorabilia related to Roberto Clemente and his life in baseball. Shop the store for clothing and other items featuring the iconic 21 logo and purchase tour tickets for the museum at clemenemuseum.com. Enter promo code W9Y21 for a 10% discount on hats and tees. That's clemenemuseum.com, promo code W9Y21. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by Big Science Music. Big Science Music is a can and one show award-winning original music and sound boutique, providing scoring, sound design, radio, podcast, and audio post-production services for the advertising, film, and video industries. Big Science Music also offers ADR, casting, and project management. Big Science Music's reels, full capabilities, and more can be found at bigsciencemusic.com. That's bigsciencemusic.com. Ah, yes. All right, we're back. Animal-based themed... Creatures of Creatures. Yeah, because the flea... Market. Yeah. I really do hope it's the fleeing. It could be. I hope. We'll never know. Well, yeah, I guess. Anyway. What do you got for the second half here? Uh, Scapegoat. Ooh. It was interesting. Oh, this is interesting to me. I don't know. I did not. I didn't have any kind of uh, preconceived ideas of where or why. You know, I guess I I figured sacrificial thing, which I guess is kind of where it does go. Yeah, people with the goat thing. But yeah, well, you know. Yeah. You, we had to do that so the rains would come to make the crops grow. Sure. Because that's how things happen. <laughs> um, it was interesting. This uh, kind of comes from a. Uh, a mistranslated Bible verse. Mistranslated. The term scapegoat. The, right. the idea of the scapegoat. Go on. I guess. Um, 1530 Bible verse translated by William Tyndale. He describes a ritual in Leviticus um, that occurs during Yom Kippur. And he misread the word uh, Azazel as, as Ozel which uh, in ancient Hebrew means the goat that departs. Wow. Yeah. So essentially, um, it it says in the Old Testament uh, that one goat will be sent during Yom Kippur uh, for atonement. You send one goat to Yahweh and one goat to Azazel um, in the wilderness, who is a fallen angel of theirs. Um, And... uh, that goat is said to be burdened with all the, you know, sins and of the the group, and you send it off to Azazel. Uh, and through that mistranslation um, of Azazel to o- Ez Ozel, 
meaning the goat that departs, we got this kind of scapegoat, a departing goat phrase. Got the phrase, Yeah, but the context. The context is still the same. You're sending a, a goat off to atone. You're burdening, burdening it with your your troubles and sending it off. You're making it, uh, yeah, okay. you know what I mean? That's a connection. Yes. Uh, and again, coincidentally, it fits in the context, so it's not unlikely that this word would have... You know, Azazel, and the and in context, the as Ozel, we're talking about a goat, so the, the misinterpretation doesn't seem like it was grossly, you know, out of context. It seems like, oh, I could see how that might happen. Um, but, but was it supposed to be something else? Altogether? No, no, that's what I mean. It was that the goat still relates. They're sending a goat off okay. to uh, to Azazel. So it wasn't yeah. a great error. No, but... no, that's what I mean. It was a. It seems like a a misinterpretation that, you know, like oh, this was an accident. That's all. Um, but it it means you know it's it became that a goat that escapes that we depart off to somewhere with our burdens, um, but this kind of trait is is very prominent through our history. Ancient Greeks used to do the same thing with people. They would kind of, if a tribe was burdened with famine or plague or any kind of disease, they would essentially burden a single person and send them off. Yeah. <laughs> to to help save the rest of the village. Yeah, I feel bad for that guy. Uh, it's like, oh, wow, that sucks. And uh, that's what we do still with scapegoats. We That's burden, who they are, yeah. We burden. You people. take the fall. Yeah. So the, They have nothing scape- to do with it. You you take the fall, even though you have nothing to do with this. Escape connected to escape? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The departing. To escape. Yeah. To leave this place, mm-hmm. to go. Yeah. All right. Cool. But still a goat. Yeah, and then there's, you know, I like to throw in the little extras. Apparently from scapegoat came uh, scrapegoat, which is also a phrase that people use, meaning the same thing. Never heard it. I know, because I didn't realize. It seems I, like just uh, this, like people not understanding what they're hearing. Well, they're called, that's, one what, of that's the thing. It's, it's called an egg corn. Which means not an acorn, an egg corn. Just you misheard something, or yeah. like we do on the internet, the bone apple tea, right? For bone appetite, <laughs> <laughs> um, they're called egg corns. One word, scrape goat. But it's not really a thing. No, it's, it's just a it, bastardization of a th- yeah, thing. It's a misheard yeah. phrase. That's all. I'm, I've never misheard it. I like to throw extras or heard anyone who misheard it. I never heard of the phrase egg corn, but I. I do know bone apple tea. Um, yeah, anyway. Scapegoat. Sweet. Well, I have a, a sort of an easy one. Um, this one I knew before I researched it. It's just one that some people will know, but some people won't know this, so it's fun to like uh, share them all. Sure. I coupled a couple together. So this one is long in the tooth, Horse teeth continue to grow with age, okay? Okay. Uh, I guess rabbits and rats and some other creatures do as well, and they, they gnaw on hard things to uh, wear their teeth down. Those yeah. Tricky little rats. So if you know horses mm-hmm. or rats or rabbits, I guess, then you know the, the horses uh, getting a little older. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're by the phrase long in the tooth. Tooth. Hey, this... Uh, Longer. Yeah, we need a new mixer. 
This one's a little long in the tooth. The tooth longer. Or whatever it is. Yeah. Right? Sure. Uh, I personally would just keep my mouth closed around people if that was the only age-telling thing. Like, no. But I, I guess, you know, you could just go pry a horse's gum line up and look. Long in the tooth flows right into uh, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Oh, and mouth that, stuff. Yeah, well, tooth stuff. Tooth because, stuff. you know, if somebody gives you a horse... Mm-hmm. Then you don't rush right up and see how old it is and go, oh, this is a, well, you gave me an old <gasps> oh horse. Oh my God, that's why they say that. PC means personal computer. Are you kidding yeah. me? So this is this is why they uh, they say this. That's fascinating. And and it's um, so you so it's don't if I give you a gift, don't look for flaws in it. Just <sighs> just say thanks. You know, don't go up and look at how how old the horse is, so to speak. Um, nice. And so those two connected, and they're both very simple, and there's no mystery to them. So there they are. That was awesome. Long in the tooth, and don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Huh. Yeah. Man, nice. I know. Wow. That's, that's fascinating. So that's our animal creature episode for the week. I'm still aghast about the gift horse. This is awesome. It is of awe. Huh. Uh, thanks for joining us, and... Um, Please email us. We like email. Uh, that's at heyu at whole, the number nine, yards.org. That's heyu at whole9yards.org. Send us your thoughts, comments, suggestions, or relative criticisms, and we will uh, endeavor to get those uh, sorted out. Mm-hmm. Dig it. Yes. So I'm Jay. I'm Ray. And, and we're, we're not, not idioms. Whole Nine Yards is written, recorded, and produced by Big Science Pods. Learn more at whole9yards.org or contact Whole Nine Yards by emailing heyyou at whole9yards.org. That's heyyou at whole9yards.org. Whole Nine Yards theme music composed by Big Science Music. <laughs>